there's a structure in uh, the, the Buddha Dharma or the truth that uh, Buddha taught, a structure that has been used for a long time. I don't know where it came from originally. It goes way back. Of the three jewels, the Buddha is the example of someone who was, I like to say, sane or no longer at war or had deep understanding of what our situation was here as human beings, what life was about fundamentally. And then the Dharma, so the Buddha, the Dharma, the first two, the Dharma is uh, the truth that he taught. And since this is a cumulative tradition, not a revealed spiritual path, uh, there are different interpretations. Other religions do that too. But, um, Buddhism is known for being cumulative. The works of uh, Vasubandhu or Asanga or, or Dogen Zenji, for that matter, in the 13th century, writing the Shobogenzo and the uh, Ehe Koroku, or the extensive record, which is another very large collection of writings of his. And so these are sometimes extensions, elaborations, interpretations of the basic teaching of the Buddha. And uh, so you have the, uh, um, not only the relationship to the, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, is the relationship to the historical Buddha, reading uh, the, the, uh, the Agamas or the early teachings of the Buddha, but also, pardon me, reading uh, and studying other teachings down through the centuries, which we do here quite a bit. Right now, eight or eight, maybe nine, including the ones that, one that Bruce teaches. Bruce is teaching out of a, a work by Lam Champa. So, so what I'm getting at is the Buddha, historical Buddha, and also that shows up, uh, that same dynamic, those three dynamics, that one shows up also as the, the teaching person themselves, which in this case it would be this person, but also it could be any time that, that you're, you may be functioning in that way when, when you, someone asks you about the Buddha uh, Dharma or asks, asks you about the teaching. It's not that you're the Buddha, you have some kind of direct uh, insight into that, but your understanding is quite a, probably quite a bit more clear than someone who is just uh, working with their preconception. So um, and we, can, we can talk about any of those three, but the one that I want to focus on, concentrate on, is the Sangha, or the third jewel. And this is the community of people who are study, <coughs> studying the Dharma under the guidance of not only the Buddhist teaching, who is long gone, long passed away. You can't ask the Buddha any questions. So this is the situation here is uh, doesn't present itself. I'm not presenting myself as uh, some kind of equal of the Buddha or even a spokesman for the Buddha particularly. So I'm coming out of my understanding of what the Buddha taught, my understanding of what my teachers taught me, and endeavoring to present that to you in such a way that you could begin to work with your passion, aggression, ignorance, your basic confusion, delusion, uh, starting with the provisional teachings of uh, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links, the various realms, states of mind, and so on. Very simple, but complicated. And so what, uh, what I want to emphasize is how important, quite often, the Three Jewels is kind of missed. Uh, quite often, what just happens is someone just reads about the Dharma and gets uh, taken with it or enamored of that, and doesn't have the help of of a teaching person, they don't have a teacher, perhaps they don't want one, and that should be up to them. So it's not, this is not a sales pitch about anything. Uh, or, and then the other thing is quite often missing, missing is the Sangha. And the, the interesting thing about the Sangha is these are people who are bringing their own confusion, their, their uh, suffering, their difficulty about life and about the world, and they're 
just to characterize it a little bit, who knows? I mean, we come from so, so many different ways. Uh, I've often said that I would like to have stumbled out of this high school over here into this place rather than into four years in the Marine Corps. And four years in the Marine Corps, I'm not saying that was horrible. And there's a lot to learn there. <laughs> I see the thumbs up in the back. So there's a lot to learn and a tremendous amount to learn, but also it was a, it was a really uh, all based on uh, control and on aggression and on obe uh, obeying and, and, and basically con getting you to, you know, knocking you down, especially in the core, they knocked you down as far as they could. And then they, then they, then they started complimenting you, bringing you up as, uh, as a Marine or as a, you know, you working on your, your sense of pride. It works. It's a good way to do that. And then you have the, uh, esprit de corps or the spirit of a unit. And that's what makes it run. Uh, this, the, those people were put in a, in a situation where there is a strong threat, you, then you have the, as, as it says in the movie, the band of brothers, the band of uh, sisters, for that matter. Uh, so get, they get together and they want their internet. They're not thinking about the flag. They're not thinking about um, who's right, who's wrong. They're thinking about protecting their friend or their friends. And, and it, it's uh, it's so powerful that people give their lives to save other people just on uh, on the spot, on the moment, kind of a organic bodhisattva. <clears throat> and so I, what I want to emphasize about about the, our situation or a situation in general, a somewhat generality, but it's just how important the community part of it is and how important it is to, uh, and you'll notice a difference. You'll notice that if you're doing, if you're practicing this, and you'll notice that if you talk to anyone who is not practicing this, there's a, there's a whole different dynamic about the way they look at the world, the way they work with the world. There's a it's a very subtle area where there is a belief or a grasping at a self and a grasping at other. I'm this, they're that, and that's very, very strong. Whereas people who are meditators, uh, they they're doing that somewhat, but it's less. There's just less. Uh, there's less uh, kind of um, uh, what you call it, arrogance, or there's much less uh, uh, confidence about right and wrong, or who, who's right, who's wrong. We're kind of more apt to give people the benefit of the doubt about where they're coming from. Even if you haven't really understood or aren't able to explain um, dependent origination to yourself, let alone to someone else, you have an idea what that is when, when it is said that there is everything is dependent on everything else for its singularity, its so-called apparent separation. It, the best example that I've used is probably dozens if not hundreds of times is go look in the mirror and, and ask yourself, huh, what, what are you responsible for here? Uh, not much, maybe your haircut, but you're not responsible for the basis situation as as a personality, as a person, as me, in my case, this guy. Uh, but how did this all come about? Causes and conditions. Your mom, your dad got together at a certain time, created this situation, and then they'll, they'll take credit for it. This is my child, my baby, very quick to take ownership of something that you know, we had only had a little bit of say-so about. Um, and make a big deal out of it, and even fight over it. It's amazing. So, uh, in a community, a meditation community, a sangha, my sangha, your sangha, the maha sangha, the great worldwide sangha, uh, from the point of view of someone who is realized, there isn't anyone who isn't sangha. Uh, everyone, there's just human beings, living beings for that matter. So, pardon me. The kind of difficulty or abrasiveness or confusion uh, or antagonism that we get when we're meeting with our biological family 
or our community has a different kind of tone to it because the understanding, the basic understanding of the family, your brother, your sister, your dad, your mom, that are not practitioners, or the community, your neighbor, uh, co-workers, and so on, it's not that they aren't genuine, or it's not that they aren't real, it's not that they don't have emotions and feelings, or that their ideas and so on don't count, it's just that they're operating out of, a, out of an uninspected belief that they're a solid, separate being. Whereas as a meditator, if you've been doing this for a while, and if you've been studying these teachings and you're drawn to this, something about this materialism seems to be important to look deeply into, then you're, you're not, uh, you know, the, the downside, the feeling is not being so sure, and the upside is not being so sure, because that's a very good opening for that to start to open up for you to see that the actual responsibility for something is not uh, all that clear. Actually, this is why the teachings of the, the Buddha, Buddhist teachings say uh, all dharmas are without blame, or that there's no actual, you can't actually find first cause anywhere. You might say, he uh, ran a stoplight and, uh, and you ran into him, so therefore it's, he's to blame. You can do those kind of things. But the fundamental situation is pretty difficult to find uh, because it's dependently risen. Uh, what was happening when the person actually was distracted or what they'd just been through with their spouse 15 minutes earlier that, that brought about that situation. That's never looked at. The, the governments and people who are in control or think they're in control or want to be in control do not want too much information. They want it simple, cut and dried. This is what the court system is about. You have to have facts or this, this happened and that happened and you did this and you did this. So therefore you did this. So we're going to punish you, fine you or whatever. So it's a very simple, you know, it's, I think that's kind of narrow, you know, you can't see anything else, but just that when you're working with your uh, family situation, uh, it's, it's, it has a similar kind of uh, tone to it. And that uh, the, the, the preconceptions are unexamined. Uh, it's just, uh, we even, in a conversation, we even swap opinions as if there's some kind of value to an opinion. Not much. We swap uh, those uh, trade-off. And so what's, uh, what I'm trying to, uh, endeavoring to get to here and what I want to emphasize is the Sangha community, they have their confusion. It can be just as intense, maybe in some cases more intense than the relationship to your brother, your sister, your mom, your neighbor. But the powerful thing about that, if you continue to do that, is that person uh, who uh, you're in, in the community, the Sangha, the meditation community with, that person's actually endeavoring, their intention is to see who they are. They want to know the fundamental truth about themselves, about their suffering, about their discontent, about their difficulty with whatever it can be, anger. Some people have just have anger. Uh, some people just have irritation come out of nowhere. Sometimes people have... Uh, depression, just uh, you're doing fine, everything is going good. You know, you just walked out of the ice cream shop, which would be one of my favorite places to walk into. Uh, you just walked out of there, you're feeling pretty good, and then you something starts to get really heavy. Or you wake up the next morning, and you, you don't know what it is. You, you want to not look at that. You want to you want to just uh, uh, subtle form, or act, maybe not so subtle uh, form of it. Ignorance is just a don't think about it. I'm just not going to think of it. I'm just going to do something else. Uh, and that's, I'm not saying that's incorrect. I'm just saying that's a way of handling negativity that is uh, probably is more than likely it will come right back the next day or three days. And it might be stronger, it might be weaker, but 
Um, and then we try to find the reason. Well, it must be because I'm not drinking enough water, or, or I'm not my. I need to do other yoga postures, or or it could be even I need to meditate more. There's just all kinds of things that could come up. And the the idea, if you're a meditator, if you're sincere about this and you want to understand these teachings, then it seems to be necessary, insofar as you can, to be genuine, to actually uh, stop. Uh, or at least slow down, trying to get rid of your emotions, trying to be somebody else, somebody who doesn't feel negative, somebody who doesn't have that, somebody, 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 anybody but this guy. And what this practice is saying, be genuine, be actually be within the emotions that are rising for you at any given time. Don't object to them, don't agree with them, and don't look away from them. Those are the three poisons again. And the way you can do that is, of course, to help you do that would be a sitting practice of meditation. And then the other way that I've been getting to uh, since this talk began, began is uh, community, sangha. Other people who are wired differently than you are, diff- different kind of dynamic altogether, but they're also, you may have the same uh, teacher, you may have the same uh, practice space or center or temple, uh, what have you. But bring, bringing that together as you're actually interacting as much as possible with other people who are also practicing, uh, that could be more in, uncomfortable than people who are just hanging out with your, your friends because you're meeting people in that area that you might not even be friends with. You might not be friends with because you generally, people who are friends with are people that they see are foibles, to put the word, use the polite word, and... Uh, but they love us so much that they're not going to criticize us. They just really like us. They like being around us. They like our energy. We're just tuned in. You know, you both uh, uh, both uh, uh, have uh, some chemistry together, synastry, whatever it may be, whatever one of those words would work. And so you you know you can see that they have their different. You can see that they're uh, you know not always looking at their issues uh, uh, straight straight on. But we we like them. We care about them. For someone else who could have other situations, but because uh, it just gets very complicated. There's so many uh, variables that are going on there. And what I'm here to um, recommend is that you, insofar as you can, if this is a path for you, if this is something you're doing, and everyone does this in a different way, some people some people could become fully ordained. Uh, some people, well, that's never going to happen. Uh, and, and so it's up to you how that works. I, you know, I'm not saying I don't have ideas that show up about people that do what, whatever they're doing. Of course I do. But they're not necessarily, uh, I don't have a, a corner on the truth about anything. And I, yes? I was just wondering, if, is there something that the Sangha can show you that a teacher can't or... Very good question. Uh, they can. The teacher, the teacher uh, then you have your um, chemistry with that person. And that uh, person, if they're functioning as a teacher, uh, probably been, have, have some clarity around this that you don't. And so they may be able to give you feedback about working with your mind. You come in and ask direct questions. I'm having difficulty with uh, you know, anger or you know, it's coming out of nowhere. It could be something or I'm feeling very depressed. And uh, the teaching, that, that teacher may be able to, uh, this is something that happens as a teacher that happens uh, in relationship to people that quite very varied uh, things that happen. They're just you know, two alike. And so, but but I can only do so much. Uh, it's just of the nature of the situation. The teacher-student 
uh, teacher can't follow you around all the time. But uh, the, the working with the community, with the Sangha, like just this, the sutras that we did here this morning, that's, that's really, really important to do something with the community. Uh, and that's uh, not only that, but then the studying. Sometimes uh, um, we look at all the different things we study. And it's about the study. It's about the, 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 the Dharma, the, what we study. It's also about the community. It's about sitting down with a group of people, taking out some especially classic texts like the Lankavatara Sutra, and going, looking at that and reading a little bit with others, and then interacting with other people around that material. Uh, that really was extremely helpful to me. I spent easily spent 30 years doing that. Uh, I didn't function, I never functioned like this at all. I didn't start doing this till around 10, 10, 11, 12 years ago. Before then, I was just, uh, I was just in a study group. I, I was a meditation instructor, I would sit down with somebody and say, this is how you meditate. It takes about 10 minutes. That's uh, that's the last. Uh, I might never meet with that person again. But, yes. So when you're talking about spending time with Sangha, I'm wondering if you could talk about context. As, like, it's Is it enough to just kind of do the forms and practices with other uh, practitioners, or is there anything more that isn't seems important? Well, I think the study is good, because then you're actually talking. I think uh, working with a... a uh, communicating, cooperating, collaborating is the three C's that I got from somewhere. I don't know where they came from, but they're good. Uh, communicate. Um, somebody needs to vacuum the Zendo. Uh, cooperate. Here, come here. I'll, I'll show you where the vacuum cleaners kept it. Oh, by the way, this is how you put the bags in. Um, you know, I mean, things like very simple kind of interaction with people. Those, uh, those areas are very important. And I think you know that's something you're doing all the time. And then just and working with the way people function, especially for people who are temple residents, get a really strong dose of this uh, sangha part of it. And apparently they want it because people come here and they want to live in this, and this is not particularly an easy place to live for those of you who li- live here because, you know, you have to, if you're not at a particular forum, then you need to say why, uh, either to the Eno or to, to me, or po- possibly both, depending on what it is. It's not, it's not that we... Um, I rarely say to anybody they can't do something. They, I mean, I might advise against it. Say I'm going skydiving tomorrow, and I say you're going with Michelle. <laughs> She's probably got hundreds of jumps. You know, I mean, I'm just saying I'd be interested in it, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily. Are you sure you want to do that? It might be that, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't stop. Some even though they were doing that instead of practicing. So it's about the communication, my friends. Is the communication that's important. It's not who controls who or what happens. Yes. Just about that. Sometimes some of the difficulty that arises seems to be around authority and communication. And I was wondering if you could explain what authority is, particularly in the context of of a sangha. My intention, and it might not be that clear to all of you or to anyone who's listening, is my intention is to help you get your own authority. I don't want to be your authority. I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't, uh, uh, so to see what authority is, and this is a, this might be difficult to hear this, but this actually isn't any authority. But what there is, is a, is a powerful intelligence that belongs to no one. I'm not being all mystical about this because it's, uh, uh, it's not mystical. It's, uh, it's apparent. It's, it's completely there, but you have to see it. You have to understand it. Otherwise, you, me, somebody will continue to meddle with things based on wanting to control an outcome. Wanting to control an outcome is a really powerful misunderstanding of what this whole thing called being a living being is about. 
it's it's completely about awareness. If it's if the awareness is powerful, then what needs to occur, what needs to be held up, and what needs to be pushed down will happen, and you will do that without thinking about it. And the same goes for operating with the sangha. You'll watch what happens, and you you may come in and say, "Don't do that." I mean, I may do that as a teacher, as a head monk here in the monastery. You may say, "Don't do that." But if it's coming out of some kind of thought process to control somebody, then that's a that's kind of a misunderstanding of it. More. Um, I'm wondering about there's situations where we just don't want to work with somebody or something like, no, no, I'm not going to. How do you see the difference between that and seeing that it, it might actually not be helpful for you to engage in in a particular situation? Say more. Uh, if I hated Shoka. <laughs> but you do. <laughs> and I, I just said, well, I just don't want to work with him. I won't. He's too difficult. Um, Which he is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just wondering about the other aspect of that could be maybe there would be something fundamentally not helpful if I were to interact well, with him. That could come up. Certainly. I mean, there isn't anything that... You couldn't come up with a, an idea about it. It could possibly happen. But the, the idea is that it happens with the situation. So it, it, so there's some kind of a, a communication, cooperation around it. Uh, if I see things that are, if I see uh, the things are functioning uh, and they're working, then I'm staying out of there. I don't want to be, I, it's not necessary for me to be, in, uh, this is where I need to be most of the time. And, but as far as coming in and uh, interacting um, I don't think there's any way you can think of ahead of time how to make it so that it'll be safe to do that. It's always going to be kind of an open dimension where, and, and when it's an open dimension, egos get worried. Self-centeredness, you're right. The, the fictitious identity that you think is you starts to either get irritated or get threatened or get not respected uh, or, I mean, you could go on and on about that. Shoto. You had something. You said you don't want to be our authority. You want to help us yeah. under an authority. How can we work with the form, the teacher-student form, without relying on you being our authority? Well, you might have to for a while. I, mean, I, I leave that up to you to do. To how much do you need of that situation? But it, there's not. It's difficult to put uh, to say because there. Uh, you know, I have ideas about what's happening with you or with with anyone here. But I also know. No better than to necessarily interfere with that. So people need to be uh, genuine. If you're not going to, you're not going to find out what this is and what this is if you're just following orders around. I had a question about sangha. Um, it seems more yeah. simple to see like the book study is something that's a practice that we're encouraged to do yeah. with sangha. But when you implement or help us with things like the window business, it can be difficult to to go into that with that same energy. Um, yeah. No more. How can we encourage ourselves ourselves to to view that as a, a practice and not shut down on it? Yeah, I think you've said it. That's you're you're already doing it. If you're able to describe it in that way, then you're you're already doing it. It's a, it's kind of a process rather than a result. So it's just a process. Kevin, uh, what was the idea that you expressed it? something intelligence? You said yeah, uh, intelligence doesn't belong to anyone. There was a there was a specific concept that I can't remember the word you put in front of intelligence. It's, Describing how it doesn't belong to anybody. It's, it's, I don't know. Did, did right. describe, get it? She writes everything down. She'll mend everything. You missed that, Munoz? <laughs> oh, my. 
Um, okay, well, yeah. maybe we'll come up again. The other question I was curious about is uh, along the lines of Chazon's question and helpfulness. Uh, how, how do we, uh, if at all possible, gauge what is helpful? Yeah. So that, I, I appreciate what you're saying, and the way I respond to that uh, just constantly is don't do anything unless you have to. One of the ways you can gauge that, you can gauge, not engage, but gauge that is uh, pull back, pull back, pull back, and watch what's at, watch what's developing. A lot of times, the need, the desire, the wish, or the, even the fear, I have to do something. If you hear a little lecture uh, on your uh, shoulder saying, you better, better put it in gear, buddy, you got to get this, this got to happen, you got to do something about this. If you hear that kind of lecture, uh, don't ignore them, don't agree with them. And don't look away. Well, listen, but don't operate out of that kind of uh, fear, impulsiveness. Uh, just wait. Hold your seat. It's like in the doctor's office. You know, you can't do anything until the nurse comes in and say, doctor, I'll see you now. And you really can't. It's, it's, it's that kind of a thing, even though you're, you're the one who's probably going to say, the doctor will see me now. But you could wait until the, the, the causes and conditions that are rising as Two things, your thought patterns and outward, so-called outward circumstances uh, uh, start to uh, resonate with each other. It's like striking that drum, striking that drum, and nothing happens. And then at some point, that window over here rattles because it's just because of the nature of uh, physical reality. There are times when the, 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 the window rattles. I'm not sure I can explain that, but it's that kind of a thing. So I think it's, it's more about... You know, the fancy word is patience, but the patience is not something you do, it's something you are. And you, and you wouldn't, it's not, not a credential. You just, uh, and it's not like a waiting for something. It's you're just where you're at. You, your heart is beating, you're breathing, you know, your, your toes wiggling, you know, there's a mouse running across the room. You know, there's always something going on somewhere. It might not be the thing that you're all focused on, like, I gotta get this done, or I have to, you know, why don't they? Where are they? those kind of little conversations we have with ourselves. So hold your seat. Uh, this is what we're learning to do by sitting down facing a wall over and over and over, repetition, repetition, is to see that this situation and the situation of running around, doing this, doing that, pushing on that, finding the vacuum cleaner, um, being irritated because somebody didn't show up to, you know, which is what you run into, is somebody said they'll do something and then <laughs> they don't do it. And then, you know, it's like any thing when somebody's made an agreement and that's and we're de dealing with that the idea is uh, that at some point uh, meditation uh, practice uh, the awareness practice and your everyday practice the boundary between those two they look really different for a long time at some point they just they're they're this doesn't mean you're you're going around don't misunderstand you're going around feeling all blissed out all the time because because your meditation practice and your everyday post-meditation are no longer separate, uh, it could mean that you're uh, feeling like shit all the time, my friend. If you, if you don't understand me, you should ask questions about it. That's how we go deeper into it. Or not. Is there a relationship between control and authority? Well, as I think I said, uh, there really isn't, a, isn't a, an authority. Um, you know, somebody wanting to control is something is, you know, they might not be thinking of themselves as authority. They might have another little uh, script that back there saying, well, you got to do something about it. Somebody's got to look, it's going to out of control. We got to get in and control that. And it's not that we don't, not that we don't need to do this or put out the forest fire. 
but it's but it's a very situational situa- uh, uh, situational situation uh, that that we we really begin to see it that it's actually what it is, not what we think it is. This is the, the thing that happens with us, especially in interaction with people, is we we have an idea about what's happening with the person that is that is not really being respectful to the person. We have we have our idea about what they're doing. They're doing this, and we think they're doing this. Uh, so, and uh, I'm sure you all experience that somewhat. Just being just being alive, you're going to have people treat you like somebody that you're not, or or you you might because of your heart palpitations, you might jump on somebody because of something you think is happening with them. And then, then they say, oh, no, this is, I'm doing this. And you say, oh, uh, I see. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. I got carried away or whatever. So those things happen quite a bit. And when somebody is a meditator, they, they do several things. One of the things they can, they can in- increase, they can get stronger because of the, because of the, the difficulty with that comes from starting to look in a direction that the ego does not want you to look. We, we want to just go around and be who we are and just, you know, deal with stuff, things, and, you know, emotions or kind of things. We'll, we'll, it'll go away. Or we can, you know, just relax, have a beer. Uh, and maybe that will uh, uh, work. Maybe maybe you never will become a meditator. It's, uh, or maybe you'll meditate just a little bit. So, yes? Is the Sangha a place where you can practice non-judgment? Yeah, it's also a place where you can judge everybody. Why not? It's not about getting rid of judgment. I, I don't really teach not uh, practicing not judgment. I, I don't know if I say that. Do I say don't judge? Do I say that? Well, I might once in a while. If you're judging me, then I'm probably going to say, please don't judge me. <laughs> so the whole judging idea is, the difficulty with judging is it's always partial. You, you have some evidence, just like if somebody, this person hits that person. So you have, look, they're to blame. Simple. You know, lock them up. Get them for assault or whatever. So that's obvious. But that's the government wants it that way so that they can so that they can do something with it. They can operate. So they we have a culprit and we have a perpetrator and a victim. So okay, got it. Cut, cut and dried. That's it. But they don't go. It doesn't look any deeper into into why that person hit that person or or what the other person did and all the other causes and conditions that are go back, uh, in, including. Um, and, and I'll say this with, without any particular explanation, unless there are questions around it, including in what looks like past lives. That, that's an area that generally the society does not look at at all, cause, because uh, they want proof for everything. And that's a really difficult one to prove. You might as well be trying to prove, prove future lives, which could also be happening. How can Sangha take us deeper into the open dimension? Yeah. So just by... Uh, by uh, because it feel, because you if you're uh, practicing what you practice here all the time, so you probably have a good idea of that. Uh, because your own style, you rub up against uh, people that you may not like, or people that may not like you. And they just don't resonate with you, or you don't resonate with them. So it's somebody that outside of here you probably would not be friends with. So I'm not saying that's true in all cases, but there, that's so you're with somebody who is trying to train their mind, you're trying to train your mind and trying to understand what this is and what your suffering is about, and you're endeavoring, uh, if you're uh, Sonoraksu, which you have, why aren't you wearing it? <laughs> don't know. So, what was the question? How does Sonic take a steep dimension? I don't know, maybe it won't.
but it will it will help you to see the way in which you're preventing your own because it's a, it's like a mirror. It's the teacher functions as a mirror. The sangha functions as a kind of a microcosm of the of every of every of all the, the world. Just interacting with uh, people who are uh, practicing and are endeavoring to train their mind, talking about the Dharma, talking about a particular uh, aspect of the Dharma, um, listening the way the way one uh, another person who is a practitioner who's a uh, and comes here and studies listen to the they understand something completely differently than, than the way you do so what is it about the interaction that takes us dimension to that course of that it's getting pretty abstract there it's like what is it that actually causes you to buy wingtips instead of loafers <laughs> mm. huh Stop. Stop. Yeah. Took the words right out of my frontal lobe. Fork out, starboard high. That's what it stood for. It did? Yeah. That's where the posh would stay. I didn't I didn't know that. It's a good word. Yeah. Wonderful. So if we're in the doctor's office and waiting, I'm waiting on my nurse's going to come Yeah. So there, there, you know, when I say there isn't anything else, I'm saying, of course, there, there's something else, and then, then the nurse comes in. So things do change, things do. But, but one one thing doesn't really lead to another in the way that our self-centered ego mind thinks it does. And this is why we get frustrated when when we're, we've totally ignored our kneecaps, we've no, totally ignored the color of the carpeting, we totally ignore ignored the cardinal outside the window, we've, we're totally ignoring everything just to focus on. Where in the hell is the nurse at? I've been here. My appointment was for 3.30 and it's 10 to 4 already. <laughs> Sorry, that's a very, very scary face. It scares me if I do that in the mirror. I go, whoa. <laughs> Don't look at that. <laughs> yes. It's time. it's time to now do the daily Dharma gathering. I don't know what the title is about. Yeah. And I'd like to call your attention to the donation boxes that are still in the hallway, ready to receive your financial help. If you value these teachings and this environment, thank you. May the merit penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.